Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 78th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. So we are recording this episode on Boxing Day. So yeah. yesterday was Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. So Merry Christmas to everybody. We've had a bit of a roller coaster last few weeks again with sickness going through the house and Anna Marie is just getting better oh. from being sick, but I'm starting to feel it myself oh, here. It's been a rough one. Oh, it's been bad, but we're yeah, yeah. we're trying to make it through here. So we're going to do this episode one way or another, but you might hear us kind of croak yeah. a little bit. Apologize here in advance. I, yeah. I will probably get croaky or, or cough, so I'll try to... Hold it back. Yeah, and we'll do our best. Um, but yeah, so being that it was Christmas yesterday, we have some new games. Yeah. So we're obviously going to do a new to the collection. We were going to talk about two each, uh, one that we got in our stockings. Yeah. And one that was under the tree. Yes. So do you want to start? I sure do. Okay. All right. So in my stocking, I got sea salt and paper. So that one, uh, designed by Bruno Catala and Theo, uh, Theo Riviere, art by Lucien Durain and or Derry, yeah, Durain and Pierre Yves Gallard, and published by Bombix. Yeah. And yeah, this one, it's a cute little looks like set collection game. I've seen it a lot around a lot lately. It's got push your luck, set collection, hand management. Yeah, um, it's just a little card game. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little cute box. It was recommended for the uh, Spiel de Jahr or Spiel de Jahr in uh, this year, 2023. Yeah, I've heard good so, things. Um, I didn't realize it was uh, such a small game. Yeah, cute yeah. little origami. Neither did I. When I kept seeing it, I thought it was a big, a bigger yeah. box. So that's but it's a perfect stocking stuffer sized game. Yeah. So thank and, you, Santa. Mm-hmm. Should be a should be an, a cool one. I'm I'm excited to try that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also got in my stocking one called tinder blocks and this one comes from alley cat games it's in a small little tin about the size of a deck of cards and it is a two to six player uh what do you call it um that's a dexterity dexterity game game, yeah where you are it says you're playing with fire in this campfire building competition so you're actually building a little campfire out of uh little like uh blocks little yeah. uh, cubes and like long little well kind of like three cubes stuck together into a stick um it says the bigger the campfire gets the less stable it becomes can you handle mm-hmm. the heat you draw a card you use tweezers to grab the kindling and build up the fire but don't get burnt so yeah it's just a little cube stacking dexterity game with tweezers I imagine that's gonna be fun yeah i've heard it's fun kurt said that this one was uh, like a tiny version of Men at Work. Oh, sweet. Yeah, which is that one of our is favorite dexterity games. So really looking forward to this one. It says it plays in about, it says three to 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so this game could be over in three minutes. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, you draw a card and you have to place whatever it tells you to place without knocking it over. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like a fun one. Fun little stocking stuffer as well. So uh, what did you have under the tree? All right. So under the tree... I had gin and this one uh, designed by Benjamin Schwer, art by Dennis Lohausen and published by Hall Games and Pegasus Spiel. Mm-hmm. And this one looks so much like so much fun. You've yeah. got um, the theme looks so cool. Yeah. You've like you're learning magic and uh, your your family has kind of created this 
this magic, a powerful one, a magic source. But then these jinn are trying to, they're kind of like genies and they're, they've yeah. come to, um, trying to take out, take it away from you. And so you have to protect your town and your, the magical source and whoever does it best wins. And this one has, um, you know, this one has set collection too. It's got a modular board. It's got end game bonus bonuses, things like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like a fun setup as well. Like it just, it's, it's colorful. It's got kind of a lot of those moving parts looks like, but just, yeah, interesting. Looks I, great. I was super excited about this one because just this year I read a book called the Gollum and the Ginny. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm just kind of in that, um, fantasy, like mind frame. And it was a very good book and I'm, uh, yeah, it just kind of is it bleeding is. into this. <laughs> so I'm very excited to play that one. Yeah. The theme looks super cool. Pegasus spiel. Um, it's a heavy box, so there's a lot inside there. Um, I'm looking forward to it. looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more to talk about here is the one I had under the tree, uh, which is called Empire's End. And this comes from a John D. Clare. It's one of his newest games. Um, and it comes from Brotherwise Games. So this one is, uh, let's see here. It's better just to read it for you. You lead a grand civilization at the height of its influence, but you can save it from, or can you save it from collapse? In Empire's End, two to four players compete to keep, uh, keep calamity at bay. Empire's End marries the intuitive and elegant mechanisms of reverse bidding and engine building. I don't know what that means. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, right? I love anything to do with bidding, honestly. Hmm. Um, or or long-term planning and, stri- uh, and strategic depth. The result is a game with quick tempo, abundant tension, and multiple challenging paths to victory. Nice. Yeah, it sounds fun. Um, it sound sounds fun. like a whole bunch of disasters are kind of happening. And you just have to deal with them. And uh, Well, we're big John D. Clare fans, so I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that's going to be another good one. Yeah, we have another one of his that just came, uh, which is the uh, Last Kingdom board game as well. I think we might play both of those yeah. here uh, soon and play those two and review them both on the same episode. So yeah. do like a John D. Clare new stuff uh, episode here. So just so everyone's aware... We are going to be um, still recording and playing games and reviewing these games into the new year because we're off work for the whole first week of January. So providing you're not as sick as I was. Yeah. So hopefully. We should get some yeah. games played. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. Right. Um, we'll, um, we'll be playing a bunch of games between now and then. And so we'll be sending out reviews of these these games for this year. Uh, into the new year. Yes. And then we'll be doing our final year-end review episodes, uh, like our top tens and whatnot. Throughout January. Yeah, into probably the second week and beyond of January, and then uh, moving on to 2024 titles from there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we are also got a couple game big game days planned, too, with mm-hmm. uh, the crew around here. So there should be a lot of games happening, uh, including this Thursday, we're getting together with a bunch. So... Should yeah, we don't get to go the whole whole day because no, we get have off to work, work. But either way, <laughs> we'll, we'll join in at the, the end. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so that's uh, the new stuff from us. We had uh, Empire's End and uh, Tinderbox and Gin and, and Sea Salt and Paper. Yeah. So we have two reviews to do in this episode. So we're gonna head on over to the first one right now. <laughs> 
Alrighty then, here we are at the first of two Meeple Dungeon reviews that we are going to be doing today. And uh, what's the first one we were doing, Anna-Marie? The first review we're going to do is The White Castle. Uh, and that one is designed by Isra C. and Shay S. Art by Joan Gardier and published by Devere. Yes, The White Castle. A lot of people out there would have heard of this one. Super duper popular. Um, I think it came out at... Uh, Gen Con or something this year is when it first showed up, I think. And then it's been at Essen and and so forth. But it's only really been arriving here uh, on uh, Canadian or certainly Western Canadian uh, shelves over the last mm, three, four weeks. So, um, yeah. So the White Castle, we have it. We got it. We played it. We played it a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one is, do you want to give them the little rundown here? Yeah, I will. Uh, Japan, 1761, Harima province. Daimyo Sakai Tadazumi is one of the most significant advisors to the Edo shogunate and governs the region from Himeji Castle. Thus, it is in the best interest of the various local clans to curry favor with the Sakai clan. To achieve influence, they will have to insert members of their family into every level of life within the White Castle, from political roles to military positions and even down to the lowliest landscape workers who care for the smallest details of the palace's gardens. In The White Castle, players take on the role of leaders of minor clans who vie for position and their clan's future in the court of the White Heron. Cunning and timely management of resources and the placement of family members within Himeji Castle will be the key to victory. Yeah, there you go. So we are playing as different, um, what are they called, houses? Yeah. Yeah, of... um, Minor clans. Clans, clans. And, um, yeah, this takes place uh, at the White Castle, in and around the White Castle. Right. And so how does this game play? Well, we have a main board, and on that board, on the far left side, are three bridges. This is the main area of where you are selecting your action for the turn, because this is a dice placement slash worker placement slash resource management game, I would say. Yeah. Um, And on those bridges are... Uh, three different colored die. There's three different colored bridges, each with three die on them. Uh, an orange bridge, a black bridge, and a white bridge. And they each have, like, the they orange bridge has die. orange die. Yes. Black, black bridge br- has yes. black die. And yeah. white die on the white bridge. And that area signifies the gardens uh, around the castle. Right. There's kind of a, a left side of the gardens and a, and a right side of the gardens that are separated by a, like, little stream. And they're just just to separate different actions that you can do over there. On that side, there's also six cards that are going to get laid out at random. So this game has a ton of modular bits. So no two games are ever going to be the same. Right. So you over on that side, you'll seed out six cards, uh, three on the right side and three on the left side, which are completely um, different. So there's two different decks there. There's a yeah. left side deck and a right side deck. And you're going to seed those out. And those are going to be the actions that are available for you on those two sides of the garden for this particular game. But there's a whole whack of them and they'll, they'll come out in different orders every time. So that's how that side looks. And then in the middle of the board, you have the White Castle itself. And it's on a side profile as if you cut through it. Um, and you kind of see it from the, the bottom to the top. The three levels. Yeah, three levels of it. Um, there's three rooms on the bottom level, two rooms on the middle level, and one room where the daimyo uh, hangs out at the top. <laughs> and underneath there, there's kind of a gate um, where you can end up sending some workers to. There's also a well down underneath where there's some certain actions that take place. And then to the right-hand side of the board, 
There is the kind of practice uh, grounds or something right. like that, where you can end up sending warriors out there to do various actions. There's three different locations out there. I think you the can, training grounds? Training is that grounds, what they are? sure. Um, and again, in the castle itself and in the training grounds, there's a whole bunch of seeded stuff, cards and tokens that signify what actions you can do when you go there. So the dice that you use in this game are going to be used in hmm, a few different areas, not all the different areas, because you have to think of this game is that you're going to be taking dice and you're going to be placing them onto several different areas that are dice, dice placement areas. But then those also allow you to send out workers to worker placement areas, right. which are separate. So in the castle, this is where the bulk of the stuff happens really is in the castle itself. Um, well, a lot of it. So where most of the action selection That's, is. Yeah. So there's yeah. a bunch of dice placement spaces inside the castle. In the in the bottom five rooms, there's one dice placement spot in each one of them. Right. And you're going to be seeding out these little tokens again at random to signify what colored dice you can use in those rooms. So, for instance, on the bottom left of the game that we have set out in front of us, there are there's an action card put into that room. And then there are th with three different actions on it. And then there's going to be tokens set beside it telling you what color die you can use to do that action. Right. So on that one, there, there's for the top action, it says you can use an orange die, the middle action, an orange die, and the bottom action, a white die. Yeah. So if you want to use a die in that room, it has to be either an orange die or a white die. Yeah. A yeah. black die wouldn't work. Yeah. And then to the left of those little tokens... Um, it actually has a picture of a die and it yep. shows how many pips on it. So this one has mm -hmm. three pips. Three. So that means that you can, uh, if you have a three or higher um, pipped die, you can, you can place it there. Mm -hmm. And if you placed a three, you just do the action. But if you place a four, five or six, you can do the action and you're also going to get then one, Money. two or three dollars. Mm -hmm. You can still place a one pipped die there, but if you say you placed a one, you're going to have to pay $2 to get up to the three pips. Mm -hmm. exactly. So they have different leveled die. I think the first level is all three. The second level of the castle is four. Mm -hmm. And then um, other places throughout are a one, six, places. five. Yeah. So that's kind of a look at the main board as, uh, as best I can describe it. But then you also have your own uh, player board. And on there, it's got your resources that you have for the game, which has got uh, food, steel, and mother of pearl as your three resources. You can have between zero and seven of those at any given time, which are um, marked with a little cube that goes up and down on the track. And then it also has three worker spots, so dice placement spots on your player board that you can play on. They're all sixes, mind you. So if yes. you want to play there you want to play there with a high die or else you're going to be paying money for the right. pips that you don't have but they are able to um to do an action that is on your board and what you're going to do at the beginning of the game is get a action card that's assigned to your board you get them you draw two or three and you pick one and you put it on your board as the one you want to use for the game but those will change and what you'll do is you will yeah whenever you want you can play a dice on there and do the action that you have on your board. Um, and you also have a lantern section on your player board that has, um, you're going to be collecting cards and you're going to be laying them down, um, face down in this area, kind of sideways. And they're going to give you a bunch of items every time you do uh, the lantern action. Yeah. I was going to say something with that too, where you, um, when you place the six die, like the, the pips there, mm -hmm. um, 
if you've uh they're beside your worker placement spots right like your workers where they're housed so if you've if you've say like used two of your warriors and you're placing your your die beside the warriors every time you remove a worker it's gonna reveal um, yeah they're covering um resources resources so when you play your die there you're also going to get any of the resources that you've uncovered Mm -hmm. yeah so So, yeah there's we have three different um workers that we have and they're covered like she said covering up i think there's six yeah six spots so they're in rows uh of six on top of each other uh there are the gardeners there are the what are they called the The courtiers courtiers and warriors right and to start the game they're all going to be covering all those those spots so you're not going to have extra stuff that you can get when you play there but as you send these workers out onto the board you're going to reveal more things and every time you go there you're going to get more things right so i think you were just saying they have spots on the top of the board oh yeah there's one daimyo seals daimyo seals exactly they're um these little red flowered seals that you collect and you can use them to trade in for resources or money right. during the game you're also going to get some starting money and starting resources depending on a certain card you pull at the beginning of the game yeah. then around the board or at the top of the board i should say is your victory point track mm-hmm. and then underneath that is the passing of time track mm-hmm. which um is a way to get victory points but also um whoever's furthest along on that track uh, determines player first order. player yeah um and that can be big for well taking first turns is huge in this game yeah and also um, tie-breaking. So I'm going to tell you kind of how a general turn would work. So you are going to, uh, basically you're always just grabbing a die and you're placing a die. And mm-hmm. then you're doing whatever that might come after that. Depends on a lot of things. So at the beginning of the game, you take all the nine die, you roll them all, and then you seed them out onto the three bridges. From left to right, from least most to most. So if you rolled a two, a four, and a six, orange you're going to put the two on the left side the four in the middle of the bridge and the six on the right hand side of the bridge and you're going to do that for all three colors now is the nine die just for a two-player game do they yes ha- there's, they have there's more, more die depending on play, uh, player yeah count. so yes. you would adjust accordingly. so that's for a two-player game but you could have the these bridges full of die yes yes yeah. what you're going to be doing is you're going to be taking three uh turns mm-hmm. or three actions three turns so a total of nine actions you're going to do in this game yeah so every action is like super crucial. <laughs> so you are going to grab a die off of there and you're going to use it somewhere on the board. Like I said, in the maybe in the castle itself, there's five uh, die action spaces there. There's two down below it uh, that allow you to kind of pick larger actions. These ones kind of um, allow you to send out workers to either right. the castle, the gardens, or the, the training, training grounds. grounds. And then there's also a spot at the very bottom on the left, which is the well. And that one is always different every time. It allows you, it's got a one pip spot and as many people that want to go there uh, as possible can go there. It's an infinite number. And that's a really good spot for, if you don't have money, that's a great place to go to earn money. Yeah, because it's a one pip. And Mm -hmm. if you were to pull, say, I I really need some money and I pull an orange um, five die off of the bridge and I put it there, I will get $4. Yeah. And then I'm going to get a daimyo seal and then two other resources that are determined at random by the different tokens that are yeah. seated out at the beginning of the game. Ours currently has a victory point and a resource of your choice. Right. Um, so you're going to place a die out and you're going to have to follow those rules wherever you might be. Um, depending on the pips, 
you're going to have to maybe pay some money or gain some money, depending on what color you or took. Or pay a daimyo seal. Or daimyo seals, yeah. depending. And you're going to do those actions. And the actions are, there's tons of them. There's yeah. tons of different actions we can't go through. No. There's like, um, well, you can place a courier, courtier mm -hmm. at the gates of the castle. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, uh, it says gaining an audience. Right. So that person, you pay $2 and then they can sit at the gate. And then if you also pay some mother of pearl, you can move courtiers up through the castle. And as you do that, you're going to move them into different rooms. There's three rooms on the bottom, two in the middle, and one on the top. As you move them into those rooms, you are going to gain the action card that is sitting yeah. there. So this is where it gets wild, is you're going to be basically stealing action cards off the board and putting them onto your own player board. And then you remove the, mm -hmm. the card that you already have on your board. Flip, you it, flip it upside it over, down. And you put it down on the bottom beside your lantern action, and it's going to have another little resource for mm -hmm. you, whether it's money or resource or, could or be moving money, you up on point, the passage be, of time trek. Yeah, it could be all sorts of different things. And every time then you activate your lantern, you get all of those things. Yeah. And the lantern is activated by going to various places that have the lantern as an action. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so that's moving your your courtier up yeah, into the so you can move them up. The and when you do move them up, you grab whatever action card is there and you replace yours with that one. Hopefully, it's better than the one you have. Hopefully, you move to a room. That yeah is better than the one you have. Generally speaking, that'll be the they case. Are. And then you and now you've got more actions for your lantern. And you always get to do the white action on the card yep. when you when you move it in there too, which is cool. Yeah. And that's kind of how the castle works. You're moving up the castle, hoping to get to the very top of the castle because when you do, there's kind of a little, a special card at the top in the daimyo's um, chamber mm -hmm. uh, that gives you some special bonuses when you if you're the first to get there or second to get there or so forth and if you are there at the top you're going to get 10 victory points at the end of the game everywhere you place a worker is generally going to get you victory points at the end of the game it will it just depends on which how depends, many you're going to get yeah who you put yeah. and where you put them um, then there's also placing the warriors out into the training grounds and there are three spots there and they cost uh, steel to send them out there. Right. Um, but uh, again, there's different tiles placed into these training grounds of all sorts of random things that you're going to be able to do when you get there. And they're all different. Maybe so collecting they... resources, yeah. collecting victory points, being able to activate actions that are in the castle. And they change every game too. So, yeah. There's you know... so much variability. It's crazy. So that's why it's really difficult to explain yeah. how this works because your game and the game we have in front of us are entirely different yes um because the actions and what dice you can put where and when is entirely different every single game yeah um and then there's also the gardens where you can place workers mm -hmm. and generally the one side is good for getting um money and mm -hmm. like you just pay some food to go over there and you get some money and you place the worker out and the other side is more about paying a lot of food and getting like um, high victory a really points, good kind of. Uh, action of some sort you have yeah high victory points more actions within the castle and so forth yeah but again these are all always different and in different arrangements and you know so so those are the three main areas the training grounds the castle and the gardens as well as the well which is the mm -hmm. place you can always go to if you yep. really need things that is kind of what you're doing <laughs> yeah um and so it's like one person plays a die then and do that does yep, their action you're playing the next one. person and so in our in our games which are two player games we have nine dice mm -hmm. so once you know robbie plays one i play one we each take three turns yep there's going to be they're going to be three 
dice left. Yeah, um, three die that weren't chosen. That weren't chosen. They yeah. could be on, you know, a variation they could all be of the on bridges. one bridge. Yeah. If potentially. And so at the end of the round, you um, you determine, I believe, the player order according to who's on who's higher on the passage of time track. Yep. And then you look to see if anybody has any gardeners in the gardens. Yep. And if anybody has gardeners in the gardens, if they happen to be right below a spot on a bridge that still has a die, they get to activate that spot again. Mm-hmm. Which so, could be gaining resources, doing a certain action, gaining money, right. so various things. You can, so, as so the <laughs> player, you're. it happened to me quite a bit. Um, <laughs> the game within the game. Right? Robbie would often <laughs> take... Um, take the die that was sitting where my gardener was so I couldn't get that Just action at out the of end. spite. Like, well, Purely I could probably spite. do a slightly better action if I took that die yeah. over there, but instead I'm going to take the one that's near you. So I don't get my extra action. So you don't get the extra one and I get a slightly, maybe slightly worse action. Yeah. But if it is there, um, then you do get it because multiple people could be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's interesting. And multiple people could be at, you know, different places yeah. as well. There could be multiple gardeners there. There could be. So. And it's, it's, Every game feels completely different than yeah. the last about where you go and your strategy yeah. and everything. And then you just, once that's done, then you take all the dice, you pick them up off of their spots, you roll them all yep. and you place them back out on the bridge, getting ready for the next And you move round. the little, uh, there's a little um, kind of dragon um, token that you move down on uh, the turn track, which there's only three tur- or three uh, rounds, I three should rounds. say. And you start the second round and depending yeah. on what who's furthest on that time track... Uh, is first player and the first player will take the first die and place it out there and the thing is with this stuff will compound quickly yeah um and combo so you it sounds simple like you're taking one die and you're putting it onto a die spot but that can trigger a whole series of events of like okay well i'm going to you know take this action with this die which allows me to do this action which allows me to put a soldier into the field But when I put that soldier into the field, it now triggers any action I want in the castle with a white background. And I do that and then maybe it moves something here or moves something there. Maybe now it allows me to also move and do a gardener action or something like that. So like things go bang, 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 like crazy the further you get into this game. Yeah. Because it sounds like, well, you only have nine turns. How are you going to accomplish anything? But there's so many combo things that go on here that you can... Accomplish a lot in yes. nine turns, depending on the luck of how things seed out. Right. That's, it's so true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you could also, uh, pick and choose which yeah. ones you like. If there's a certain, like certain actions you like to be in certain places yeah. in this game, you could put out whatever you'd like. Um, we just usually do but it But we randomly. just kind of grab it randomly yeah. or ones we haven't used before and flip them yeah. over and put them in or whatever. So that's kind of how it works. And once you've gone through three rounds of this... You're gonna have gardeners out into the garden. You're gonna have warriors in the out in the in the training grounds. And you're gonna have, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna have people all throughout the castle. And once the game ends, uh, it's kind of just where your points are. There's a whole bunch of end there's game a, scoring. Yeah, there's a lot of game end scoring in this one. Um, depending on where you are on the time track, where your people are in the castle in relation to how many guards you have out in the fields. Mm-hmm what your gardeners are up to in relation to what they're standing on. Yeah. Lots of things. So there's quite a bit of end game scoring, if but you have any extra resources or like yep. a certain amounts of resources, you can get extra points. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's simple, 
but yeah. like a simple concept, but goodness gracious, is it, is it tough choices to make on where yeah. you want to go and, and you're limited too, right? Yeah. So let's talk about, um, the theme for this game. Does it lend well? I think so. I think overall it does. It's funny. I was thinking about it and I was originally going to say no. I think it's fine. But I, but I was, then I was thinking about it. And I, the reason I was going to say no is because I didn't feel like I was trying to gain favor with the, uh, with no. the, the daimyo, with like, you know, like that, because that's the- what I wasn't feeling. But that being said, I felt very immersed. I felt like I was there. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I felt like I was doing these things. I felt like I was training people. Like I was mm-hmm. trying to get into the castle. Like I was trying to garden like that. So I would say, yes, it is thematic. Like the game end was not there for me, but yeah, because you could potentially not even like really do much in the castle. No. You could go, you could go different routes in this game yeah. and just do other things entirely. Yeah. So I, I wasn't so much thinking of the gaining favor part, but I, I was fully immersed in like they did a great job, um, I thought, making... Like, I, it, it was thematic. I just not that one aspect for me. Yeah, gaining favor, maybe not. But doing all these things, like, you you feel like, yeah, you're putting guys out in the garden and they're doing yeah. their things. You're putting guys out in the field and they're yeah. training out there. You feel like you are putting guys into the castle. And what they're doing in the castle doesn't... You don't really feel that much, really. No. They're kind of just in the castle. Yeah. Um. So... Getting them into the castle is, like... I got to get them in there. Yeah. But you just feel like you just like need to get them into these rooms, but you don't know why you really have them in these yeah. rooms. Right. But you get why the guys are gardening. You get yeah. why the guys are out in the, in the field uh, training. Yeah. So yeah, theme overall, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, artwork. I think the artwork is fantastic. Really good. And I yeah. think that that really lends well to the theme. It does. It's very, very well illustrated. The colors are nice and soft. Yeah. Like pastel-y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much, yeah, it just, it makes me think of this era. Yeah. For sure. So, so the, like, definitely the Artwork the art on the cover art is very enticing really nice. to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just say that the um, iconography is is good. Yep. Um, I think it's simple. It looks yeah, it's you, really simple to follow. You're right. You the iconography it. is good. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, how about the components? Components are fantastic. Yeah, they're really good. We've got these little cardboard put together bridges. Yep. We had to build together. them at the beginning and I usually hate those things because I can never build them <laughs> properly and it feels like something on it breaks or bends yeah. the wrong way and then it's not, it's not doing what it's supposed to, but these ones went together perfectly yeah. fine and they've been nice and solid. They're and great. And so they some of the best back in the box. Yeah. Some of the best put together yeah. things I've done in a while. Nice dice. You got the nice, dice, um, lots of wooden, uh, the little uh, herons, I think for the, you know, um, player order track or nice yep. cardboard or not cardboard, uh, wooden pieces. All your, uh, uh, meeples are wooden and they're, they look the part like the warriors yep. have the, uh, armor and swords and the gardeners have like a little rake and the, uh, courtiers, courtiers just look like well, just regular, Kind of people. Kind of look like a little sumo. <laughs> yeah, it looked like but, almost a little sumo, yeah. But yeah. The yeah. dice are nice colors. Um all the all the the player board is nice. The cards are nice. The yeah. tons and tons of uh little cardboard tokens chits, and co- chits. tokens, yeah. Um But I would say good quality. Like they it's very good. Yeah, components. super super good quality. Yeah. Uh the rule book was really good. I learned this one, right? Yes. Yeah, I learned this one. Uh, really good. There's a couple of good videos out there too. Um, I think it was Rodney. 
might have been Rodney. I, I think you now. I think you did watch Rodney on this one. I can't remember, but um, yeah, good videos out there for sure. Devere always has good videos on of their own on yeah. YouTube. Um, so I might have watched that as well. But uh, yeah, this is it's a pretty simple game to understand. The rule book was pretty straightforward. Um, so good, good, good. Um, so it comes down to uh, whether or not we recommend this. Who for? Yeah, I really like this game. I yeah. I would recommend it. I think. Um, you have to be aware that you are not, not, not going to get done the things nope. that you want to get done. You can, you can't nope. really plan. Like, you can't say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna run up this track, or I'm gonna. I mean, you can to a certain extent, but you can't get everything. You can't focus on the warriors and the courtiers and the gardeners and the nope. passage <clears throat> of time track. And it just, you won't, you won't get it all done. Nine turns goes by very fast. <laughs> very fast. Yes, there are some turns that will compound on each other, like you were saying, but it yep. goes by. I've had some monster turns. Super quickly. I fully agree. I think this game is fantastic. Um, and what is it, the time? Does it say, it's on the side there, does it say 60 minutes? On um, it says 80 minutes. 80 minutes? Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, and I think we are faster than that. And it were two-player, too. And so, on two-player, it does bounce back and forth quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I thought it played great at two-player. I haven't played, yeah. we haven't played the higher-player Yeah, we've counts, only played a two-player. But it was, it was really fun was at two-player. This game was great. And I think it would be good. I think it would be good higher-player count, two, three. I think, I think it would be, be really great good. at three. I would say three is probably, I would bet three is its sweet spot. Probably. Um... But two is fantastic. Yeah. We play a t obviously a ton of two player stuff. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, this is a great game. Um, another like hugely great game in a fairly small box from Devere. Yeah, just awesome. I it's simple with just play a dice into one of only five, six, seven, eight die spots available yeah. and do what's there. And those are changing every turn yeah. or like every game. Tons of, of variability. Variability is off the charts. Everything mm -hmm. is variable. Every action spot in here can be different the next time you play it. It can differ on what die are allowed to be played there. Yeah. What the action is going to be if you do play there. Yeah. It's crazy. The, everything is variable. There's nothing, basically nothing printed on the board. It's all you lay down a card to yeah. represent the actions that are available and you lay down tokens to say what die are available to play yeah. on those actions. And those can be flipped over, twisted, turned, shuffled up. Everything's different yeah. every single time. I was trying to think of like who I wouldn't recommend it for, and I can't really think of anyone. No, I think this, this is, is good for for everyone. Like obviously not little little kids, but no. Um, this is what I call a sweet spot game yeah. for me in particular, because this is the weight of game that I think is perfect for me. Mm -hmm. It's not too heavy and it's not too light. Yeah, it's fairly quick. It's simple with lots of. Uh, decisions to make there's lots of gameplay and it's just the only yeah it's so people so, who so like to good. plan out everything maybe not for them but there's still yeah there's i could see so it's here to your point um someone with uh, analysis paralysis could be really stuck potentially in this yeah here and there um but but i mean you get that you know like it does happen to you and this one didn't happen to you at all no so um no it was great this game is so good yeah i really like this this is like yeah, yeah. i love this i really enjoyed this i loved one, it loved sure. it loved it this game is great 
Uh, so another home run from uh, Devere. Yeah. So two big thumbs up from us for the White Castle. Yes. Um, and we have one more review we'd like to do, and we're going to head on over there and do it right after this. Maples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay-and-play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at the second of our two Meeple Dungeon reviews, reviews for this episode. And what are we reviewing this time, Anna-Marie? This time we are reviewing... Did I say that right? Did I say viewing or reviewing? Either oh. way, we are reviewing... Three Ring Circus, designed by Remo Conzadori, Fabio Lopiano, art by Edu Valls, and published by Devere. Devere, another game from Devere. So we yes. we purposefully, obviously, did that, where we have two Devere games that we are kind of putting up against each other here. So, um, yeah, we got both of them the, roughly the same time. So yeah, um, why not, right? So yeah. <laughs> we've this one we've played the most recently. We've been playing this one over the last few days. Or a week or so. And um, yeah, do you want to tell them about the theme here? Sure. So Three Ring Circus. In this game, each player is the director of a small three ring circus traveling across the U.S. at the end of the 20th century? <laughs> I don't know. 19th century? I 19th century probably. Yeah. It's, I think the 19th century is the 1800s. Yeah. And that's what right. it would be. The end of the yeah. 1800s. Yeah. Um, they used Roman numerals and I was not prepared for that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I usually know those a lot better than this. I, I, I'm horrible. XIX, that would be 19, 10 and 9, 19th century. Take your word right. for it. Moving along. <laughs> um, they will hire artists and perform shows in various towns and cities trying to gain fame. Shows in small towns are easy to perform and get you the initial resources to improve your cast. Medium cities are more demanding, but grant access to better artists. Big cities are even pickier and want to see very specific acts, but performing there gives you the most fame. While your small circus is trying to survive, the much bigger Barnum Circus is traveling around, and when it reaches one of the main cities, it triggers a scoring for that region. Circuses that do the best performances there will gain even more fame. Yeah, so it's traveling circuses uh, yes. competing against each other for to make the most money i suppose is kind of what this comes down to yep. and become the most uh <laughs> famous i suppose um so how does this game work so you have a main board on the main board there are some spaces for three different decks of cards one has got popcorn on the back <laughs> and that one is kind of your end game scoring cards which yes. you're only going to see one two or maybe three of in your game yeah um there are some money cards which have some characters and they're mostly like different people that would uh work in your circus like uh, yeah and they usually value five like or a less. band or a, a like dancing Clown. goose or 
clown or some a popcorn machine or a, yeah. uh, like a mind reader, so forth. And then there are ticket cards, which have uh, bigger and better acts on there, like right. the guy in the... Uh, uh, someone being shot out of a cannon, the fire breather, like a lion, lions and elephants animals, and yeah. things like that. Um, and then on the board, so there are one, two, three, four, five different uh, states where this all takes place in like the north, uh, northeast states, sort of. Um, and you are going to be playing this game, depending on your player count, with one more state than you have players. So for a four player game, you'd have all five states. And down to two-player game like we were playing, you would only have uh, three states playable, including always um, uh, two states in the middle. doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's Washington, D.C. and New York are the two that you always have to have. Oh, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we are, yeah, that's the main board. It's kind of got the map in the middle. And... On the map are a whole bunch of different locations, little towns within those different states, uh, mid-sized cities in those states, uh, two in each one. There's a whack, I think six little towns per uh, state, two mid-sized and one large city uh, on each one. And kind of a road that connects them all together. And then there is your own player board, which kind of represents your your circus itself, like your circus tent and the people uh, that would be performing within it. And there are three uh, rows of representing your three rings, I believe, mm-hmm. of your circus. And there's five card locations. Uh, so you can have kind of five different tableaus being put together as you're adding characters to your and performers to your circus. There's also a um, pedestal track on right. there. So as you add people to your uh, act. circus to your act yeah. your pedestal tract is going to go up and that's going to allow you to score bigger points and do things in in the uh, mid-sized cities a lot easier and get you more um yeah sell more tickets right um and then on the on the left hand side of your player board is three slots which are going to be open for end game scoring cards if you do get them you start the game with one and you're able to collect them depending on how things right. go um so how does it work? Um, we have covered up um, two of the states on our board with with pieces that come in the game, which are great cardboard puzzle piece things yeah. that you can just lay right on top and it kind of eliminates all the busyness of that end of the board and just kind of makes it just a color and, and yeah. you don't see any of the towns or anything. So it's really nice. And then you are going to put P.T. Barnum's uh, little caravan up in the top right corner onto uh what boston, boston yeah, yeah it starts on you're supposed to start in the northeasternmost city depending on what states you're playing so with because we have massachusetts then we were like yeah. we were starting in boston but then so yeah. he's up on boston and he that caravan is going to travel around the states in a counterclockwise ring and that's the game and trigger is is that piece. So as it moves around the board, it's going to end up back in Boston. And when it does, the game immediately ends. Yeah. So on your turn, at the beginning of the game, I should say, you have, you will collect a few things. You'll collect an endgame scoring card. You'll collect uh, four money cards and one ticket card. And um, you are going to use these cards to build out your tableau and to help you put on shows. So you're going to be always choosing one of two things to do on your turn. Either adding a person, an act, could yeah. be an animal, could be whatever, to your Tableau. tableaus, one of the three. Um, or 
doing a show. So we'll tell you about how the tableaus work. Tableau thing works. So you're gonna have the cards in your hand, and I'll just pick up some cards here. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have cards in your hand, and each card, the money cards, are gonna have a dollar value. One to five. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one to five. Yeah. Up in the top left hand. If there were higher ones, I haven't seen them yet. (laughs) Up in the top left hand corner of the card. And those are going to be used to to pay for playing out cards into your tableau, including themselves. Yes. So this llama here wearing like a tutu (laughs) (laughs) um, is is a two, um, a two valued. Is that on purpose? Two, two. No, I did value not. Of two. Uh, maybe uh, <laughs> two. It's a two dollar value card, and that card can either be played down onto your tableau, and at the cost of two, or you can use that two dollars to pay for maybe a bigger card. Right. Um. So, for instance, I have this band here uh, that's worth five. If I wanted to play this down onto my board, I could play it down as one of my first cards, if I'd like, into the leftmost spot of any of the three rows that right. I have. But that's going to cost me $5. So if I play down that band, yep. I'm going to have to, out of the rest of the cards in my hand, I'm going to have to cover that $5 cost, which could be... Say, two cards of two like cards. a two and a three. Yeah, whatever you might have. And if you overpay, you just lose that money. Yeah. Um, and the way the cards work is as you add them to your tableau, uh, you are going to have to put them in ascending order from yeah. left to right, never having the same amount. In, well, you can't have two level two cards or two level three cards. Right. You have to have a two, then a three, then say a nine, a 10, and a 16. But what's like nice is you can move them as you put them yep, in. Exactly. So like if you had- You're laid, never stuck. No. So if you had laid down, say, a, a, three, a level three card and then a level nine card after that, if you got a level five card, you could just move the level nine card over yep. and slot the five card in. So yes. it's not like you're, like you said, you're not stuck. No. So that's you, nice. You yeah. can, yeah, you can slide them in and wherever they might fit. Yes. Um, and as you cover up certain spots on your board, you are going to get bonuses. Yep. There's some like victory points. There's playing extra cards, getting extra cards, yeah. things like that. And when you, when you play out the second or third or fourth card in a row, you only have to pay the cost minus the card the next front. highest card that like yeah. valued card so like if i played out a number nine card and previously i had a three i would only have to pay six to get yes, that card to, out to play that card out yeah. and then if i played an 11 in that row after my next highest card is a nine i would only have to pay two, two. Yep. 11 minus nine exactly so you pay the difference between that mm-hmm. and your next highest card so if you play it smartly, you, you're getting discounts on every card and, that you're yeah. play, playing. Out. And depending on what cards you have too, whether you're playing smart or not, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can't help it. And on the bottom of each card, they have a, a thing that they do. A lot of the uh, uh, lower priced cards will give you um, the pedestal uh, yeah. icon. So they have a bunch of icons on the bottom, which or, allows you to. Or instant actions. The or lower instant. ones. Yep. Some yeah. of them. Um, but you'll be able to say gain more movement if there's a train icon you'll be able to up your pedestal uh track if it has a pedestal icon it'll say here's a pedestal and more pedestal depending on how many maybe animal cards animals to the right of it cards left of it right whatever because there are a whole bunch of different icons to look at Mm Um, and then there's also like straight up victory points. Here's yep. two victory points. When you get more victory points, if you have blue 
uh, blue animals to the left or things yeah. like that. And it's always, you're always adding. So those values can change. So you can always yeah. increase how many points you have. Or, yeah, you have to reevaluate, like right? Like your pedestals can go up and down. Depending. If you're, if you end up, there's a card or a, a bonus spot that allows you to swap two, two cards mm -hmm. in two rows. So that would adjust your values. Yeah. You're constantly having to, to make sure that your, your particularly Excuse your pedestal rating is where it needs to be because it might be higher than you think it is. Yeah. So it's worth looking at that. Yep. So that's, that's kind of one of the two things that you can do this game is adding cards to your tableau in one of the three areas from left to right in ascending order, mm -hmm. paying the cost from yep. the cards that you have in your hand, or you can go and do a show. Right. And if you want to do a show, there's three things you have to do. You have to move to somewhere and yes. your movement is equal to the amount of train icons you have visible on, on your board. board. Yeah. Um, and you start off with like five, I think, or something like that. And then depending on uh, areas that get covered up, you'll get less. And then some of the cards will add trains. You'll get more. Right. Things like that. So you can move around uh, to any of the little towns uh, or cities uh, and put on a show, but they have different requirements. The little towns you can go to anytime and do a show. Yes. So if you just move to, say, uh, Worcester here uh, and want to do a show, simple. You'll just get a few things. You'll get a money card. Um, you'll draw a money card just because you are on that town. Right. You'll also get money cards equal to the amount of adjacent towns to that town that do not already have an act uh, happening there. Like Right. And you're also going to get a money card for how many dollar bill icons you have on your player board showing. Right. So those will come and go as well from these cards. Yes. Um, and that's it. And then once you... And you place out one of your little tents. Yes, you place out a little tent to show that you've performed there. Once a tent is on that spot, nobody else can perform there. And once you've performed and placed your tent, the last thing you do is then you move Barnum's... Um, train caravan or caravan yeah. and you move it to the next available Counter spot counterclockwise i um, guess there's variants in this yep. that allow you to move it left or right or whatever yeah. but the game is meant to be played with this yeah. going counterclockwise just around the outside of the yes, track yes on just the very outside because there's a road here and there that cut through the middle yeah. um and that's not his his way he goes around the outs outside outside of the track and ends up back in uh the city that he started in right um, so that's how you do a little town. If you want to do a, t uh, a show at a mid-sized city, um, mm -hmm. this is where your pedestals are going to come into play. Mm -hmm. So there will have been some little tokens seated out at the beginning of the game, telling you the, the things that the people in those cities would like to see. Um, for instance, in front of us, we have New Haven and Providence. They're the two cities in, uh, Massachusetts that have are the mid-sized mid shows. And yeah. what they require is... Um, hopefully high level in your pedestal track uh, because they're and you're going to depending on where you are in that track it goes from one to ten you start off with one and as you go you're, you're going to likely have three or four mm -hmm. early on um, you're going to look at it and say well i want to do a show in say new haven and i've got four on my pedestal track well you'd look at the little thing beside new haven and it shows you that there's a, uh, a level one three five seven and nine rewards for your pedestals depending on where you land in there so if i had four 
I would place it on the three because there's no four spot and I can't put it on the five. Yes. So you place it on the next closest one to you, just uh, lower. However, if you're in New Haven, on the little tile that was placed out, they say if you have in your tableau a cowboy. Yeah. Then um, the little icon in the top left of the card. If you have a cowboy, you get a temporary two um, yeah, because you're satisfying something that they particularly yeah. want to see. So you, you get would a get bonus. Two pedestals. Two pedestals. So instead of putting it on the three, you would then have six. Instead of your four, so you'd get to put on the five. Yes, exactly. And same thing underneath for Providence. Say you went to Providence, uh, they they have bonuses for two, four, six, eight, and ten yes. on the pedestal. So if you had that, if you had four and, you, and then you got a bonus on of this the one, magician. they wanted a magician. Yeah, you would go up to six. Boom! You'd be able to put your tent down on the sixth spot in Providence and you would be able to gain the bonus above it, which is one of two things. Yes. On all the mid-sized cities, depending on where you place your tent, you are going to get either victory points yeah. or an amount of ticket cards. And the ticket cards are the big acts, the bigger right. acts, the elephants and the fire breathers and the cannon. So cannon it's a people. bit of a, a bit yeah. of a choice, right? Like, are you going to take tickets or are you going to take points? And the tickets you can take there are five for us anyways in our two-player game there are five yep. laid out visible that you can see so you can have your choice of acts available or you can choose off just off the top of the deck yep. or you can do a combination of both yeah and um but if you take from the tableau when you say you take this one out of the middle you're not going to replace it no until the end of your turn yes. so you can if you only like the one card in the tableau you take that and then you top deck another one right. and off you go yeah and then the end of your turn would be, again, moving P.T. Barnum's caravan, yep. one town, the next closest town to them. Um, and if there was a tent in the way, you'd skip over the tent. Right. And it doesn't count as one of uh, the movements. So you could have like four tents in a row and he would move to like the fifth spot. Yeah. If that was the case. And, and then there's the also cities. the big cities. And there's three of them always available. Or, well, in our, in our games, game, there's yeah. always one more than there is players. Yeah. Um, and we have Washington, D.C., we have New York, and we have Boston. And if you want to go do a show at one of those, again, they have been modul- like um, randomly, randomly assigned yeah. a card, uh, a big city card. And what these do is they tell you exactly what these cities want to see. So the one in front of me at Washington, D.C. requires, they want a... Uh, level 13 blue, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is the same as a uh, strong man. And they want to see a strong man. And you can't even go here if you don't have the a strong level, man yeah. in your circus. And there's yeah. specifically a level 13 blue. Yes. Strong man. And you go there. And if you have him in your circus, you can go there. And you will get the points above that, which for this one in particular is six. And then they also are looking for other things. They're looking for a certain colored type of anything of, say, orange yep. and anything of purple. And that could be a variety of things. It could be uh, a dog, uh, you know, doing a trick, a seal or something is maybe an orange yeah. animal. And then the purple one could be a trapeze uh, person right. or something like that. And if you ha- happen to have one of those other ones, you'll also get the points above that. And you'll also, depending on if you're the first person to perform in that city, get a bonus when you put out your tent that you'll cover up and gain as well. So you yeah. can walk out of a big city with quite a bit of points. Yes. If you satisfy the things they're looking for. Uh, but you don't want to go there. You don't want to even attempt to go there until you have at least that main attraction that they're looking to see. Yeah, you can't go there unless you have that. Yeah. 
And, um, and then again, you would move Barnum. Then you'd move his caravan. Barnum's caravan. And, and as the board is filling up, he's going to be moving further and further and faster and faster around this track yeah. because he's going to be skipping large segments of this as there's tents getting put up everywhere. Yeah. And you're going to continue this going back and forth and on your turn, either playing a card into your tableau and not moving right. Barnum or doing a show in a town, a small city or a big city and moving Barnum until he reaches back to the city that he originated in. Yes. For us, which was Boston. The second he moves back to Boston, bang, game is over. There is another thing that happens, though. As Barnum uh, lands in any of the big cities, there's yes. a token that you're dealt out at the beginning of the game. It's like mid-game scoring. Yeah, some mid-game scoring stuff. Where um, whoever has this token, at the end of their turn, if PT is in one of the big cities. You stop and you do a mid-game scoring for that state. Yeah. So as soon as you, as soon as Barnum's caravan enters that big city, whoever has the token flips it over from Barnum to the popcorn side, mm -hmm. and then um, if it was their turn at the end of their turn, then they would do the scoring there. But if it was the other player, yep, then they would wait until the end of their turn to do the mid-game scoring. And it's basically just whoever has majority. The, the majority, yeah. yeah. So it's area control at that point. Yep. Whoever has the majority gets 10 points and whoever has the next majority gets six. And if you had like a four-player game, I think there's it a third. It goes down to three yeah. and I think it's three points for third yeah. place. And it's, it's simple area control. Whoever has the most. If there's ties, there's little tiebreakers depending on various things. But yeah. generally somebody owns more than everyone else in that area and you dish out the points and then you continue on. Right. And that's it. Your turn is putting a card in your tableau or putting on a show. Yes. Until PT ends up back in his original city. Yeah. Once that happens, you go to the final scoring and um, it's fairly simple. Yeah. It's where you are on the track. Uh, plus. Some of your cards are going to have little um, end game popcorn yep. scoring uh, and you would count those up. And then um, if you got any of your end game bonus cards. Yep. End game scoring cards, you would see how many. Which um, could give you, you know, like six, eight, ten more points, depending yeah. on how well you satisfied it, or maybe two, three, or four points, depending. Mm -hmm. They're all different. There's a whole yeah. variety of them. And that's it. And you see where you got to. And we've kind of sat in the um, 60 to 80 point range on our, our plays. And the track goes up to 100. So that's kind of where we've been sitting. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but mm -hmm. I think we've been doing well with this one. So, yeah. Um, and that's kind of it. That's it. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the theme the theme lend well i think so i think so yeah yeah it, it does it, the, all the you have all these wacky characters that you're putting into your circus yeah. doing things and it feels like you're 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 hiring performers yeah, yeah you f it feels that way um it does feel like you're competing for territory Definitely. and trying to get to certain places before others to, yep. to do your show and and get their you know um get the money from the people before your competitors do yeah um yeah, I think the theme works well. Yes, I really do. Mm -hmm. This one, again, um, well, I'll wait till we move on to the next. Yeah, so how about artwork? That's what I was going to say. The artwork, I think, again, super good. is fantastic yep. in this one. And again, the artwork lends super well yeah. to the it's theme. It's very circusy. Like, yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's fantastic. Yeah, they, again, made it look very much like old-timey yeah. circus right there. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, the artwork looks great if you know what i mean you know what i mean yeah. 
you know, like old timey circus, you know? And if you don't know what I mean, you know what I mean. You know, like Uh, wagons with, you know, wooden carts with cages with tigers in them and, you know, things like that. When circuses were... Yeah, when they were not legit, you know, well, they're super popular, but like very awful. Yes, (laughs) but they were the the big thing. They were huge. They They were were enormous. They were the top entertainment, really, right? So, um, but yeah, no, they nailed it with their artwork. Uh, Components, great. Also really good. I love the little... um, components. The little, uh, uh, what do you call them? The tents? Tents. They're fantastic. Classic uh, old-timey... Yeah. Uh, circus tents with the the triangles of color. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and they're nice to put down and pick up. Um, they're great. They look good on the board. Yeah. All the cards are good stock. The the board is nice. These um cover up puzzle piece yeah. bits to cover are the board. Really nice. Are really what a nice, nice. idea. Mm-hmm. It just makes it do the variability, so you don't um you really you don't, don't have to play the same no. three states every game. If you're in a two player, you can move it around. Yep. Same with a four player, you can move them. Like it's it's nice to have that option. Mm. Lots of nice tokens uh, to put out for the the variability of uh, the the different small cities. Cardstock is nice. Yep, cardstock's good. Everything's good. Good quality. Yeah, yeah I can't agree. complain. Uh, rule book. Rule book was great. Yeah. Uh, a couple of videos we watched weren't. I, um, except the Devere one. The, the Devere, Devere one is good. Yes. Yeah. The well, a couple of the other ones out there were not great. Had they, some incorrect information. Yeah, there but, was. But the Devere um, video was fantastic, mm-hmm. and the the rule book was really good. Yeah, easy to so, follow too. Rule book, great. Yeah, um, and yeah, Devere does those videos, which are always good. Yeah. So it comes down to whether or not we recommend it, and if so, who for? Um, yeah, I really recommend this Again, one. Again, yeah, it's another good game from Devere. It's yeah. another small boxed big game and again it's quick it's quick like this one this one ramps up 20 25 minutes for the two of us i would say it ramps up fast like as soon as you start doing shows performances Mm -hmm. and those uh tents start laying down which you need to get money yep at like he starts barnum pg barnum the caravan starts skipping over and skipping, skipping over and skipping. you're like oh my gosh i've it's only like, got well, like there's only three turns left or, you and know, then and holy moly. you're trying to do things and the next person is pushing the the mover forward <laughs> stop yeah. performing <laughs> yeah it's great it's really good it's it's i was hoping it was going to be good um i'd heard good things and sure enough it is yeah. like, and devere just keeps yeah. keeps producing games. solid games are they like is this a mind bent like gr- like amazing game? Like, no. But like, is it a great game? Yeah. This is a game I'd go back to. Hundred percent. Over and over and over. Every like one to... of these Devere games this year we've played have been great. And I teach like to teach people this game, and yeah. you know, like it's an easy teach. They're not difficult to. No. Again, to this teach. is that this is that sweet spot for me. Yeah. This is the perfect weighted game for me, yeah. and I'm finding that with every Devere title, yeah. they're really hitting home. The game, like size and difficulty and length, that works for me. Yeah. And I understand it. Right out the gate, I pretty much yeah. understand what I need to do. They're not difficult to learn. No. Yeah. And I can easily teach it. Um, it's a great game. Another great game. And themes for you are really big. And these ones, yeah, are, yeah. they're art and their themes are really tying into, kind of into what you're <clears> doing. So you do feel like you're moving around these states doing circuses yeah oh yeah so yeah the theme uh, i mean yeah the theme is great it works well 
and oh, this it's fun to play this one it's i think like, younger ages would understand this one yep uh quite a bit as well like 10 maybe yeah i would think so i yeah. think our oldest boy would get this pretty easy yeah he's uh, just turned 11 so yeah i think he'd get this youngest easy. might after a few plays but maybe um yep. yeah but yeah another great great game again two thumbs up from us um yeah devere just keep keep doing it you know yeah um because this is fantastic stuff we love everything everything so far that we've played from devere we've loved yeah. so i think you have a hundred percent success rate <laughs> uh here at the meeple dungeon so keep it up um so um which one did you like better white castle or this one? Oh man that's tough <laughs> so tough it's so tough you know and one thing i didn't mention um i think that in 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 all of our plays of the three ring circus you never knew and same with with the white castle too but you never really knew who was going to win no nope. because one person could be like getting Both points games. after points after points after points but if they're doing that the other person probably has more end game scoring mm-hmm. that's going to then catch them up really quickly or they're going to maybe hit some big cities yeah. that are going to catch them up and they always end like fairly close like yeah. maybe not like we had one game that we were one right behind the other one point yeah uh, 59 to 60 yeah yeah and then and then there are other games where it might be 10 apart one that was 10 points but that apart. would be like at the end of the game and yeah, it, we it could be for either one of us like we've mm-hmm. both had it happen and it's just you don't feel like you're out of the game i guess is nope. what i'm saying like you feel like you're in it the whole time you're never like oh and i think it's because it's the the length of the game too yep you don't um you don't play long enough to be like, oh, well, I'm out of this game. Not that I no, usually get no that way, way. But you're like, no, you're in it, you're no. playing, you're engaged, and then the game's done. Yeah, I would. that's one thing I would recommend when you play uh, either of these games is not to really care what the other no. person's doing. Just try just to get stuff and try to get, yeah, just try to come up with a plan and try and do it and just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and you might just win doing that like i wouldn't really care too much about oh well she, i don't want her to get that lion yeah. so i better take that lion out of the tablet i wasn't paying don't attention even worry to that about at that. all right if you it need is... the lion take it if you don't go get something else you yeah know? like yeah yeah don't worry about that side of things so yeah yeah these are great great games i really enjoyed both of them yeah. i yeah i'd say, like simply i think that three ring circus is simpler um and yeah this one's slightly teach, simpler than the white castle for sure um uh, there's less going on but i loved what was going on in the white castle oh too. for sure white like, castle was i phenomenal. yeah i don't know i like them both i like them i both have a, a really lot, hard time picking on this one yeah i don't know this is a tough one i i could i well, could sit actually, down and play either one of them i think the white castle is ahead for me i just think that one knocked my socks off when I first played it. Yeah. It was just like, wow. And then like, this is so good. And then this one's really good too. But, um, that one just hit a really hard, yeah. like a home run for me where this one, it was great too. But like that one, I just, I kept thinking about after we played it. So yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, cause that one has, I think more strategy, the white castle. Yeah, there's just a bit more going on. Whereas a three ring circus just, it goes too quickly for, yeah. for that aspect of it yeah so exactly yeah. i feel like yeah a little bit more strategy over there that i really like mm-hmm. in the white castle but this one uh, has its charm as well if your brain kind of needs a break and you're just going for it yep that's an awesome one too yeah so yeah there Those we go great games two fantastic games from devere um and we are going to call that an episode mm-hmm. so you can find us on the x app at meeple dungeon our uh youtube channel the meeple dungeon 
hopefully going to get a couple uh, more unboxings up there. <laughs> it's just been hectic. Either way, um, yeah, if you want to contact us, it's thebeepledungeon at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for this week, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.